Manchester, England. To the scenic sewers of Chicago. Tuts takes great pleasure in presenting for their last United States engagement. Ladies and gentlemen, the four. Welcome back to We Are the Fall. Uh, I'm Gavin. And I'm Steve. And today we're going to be listening to a artifact of the fall's appearance in the United States in 1981. From May through July 1981, they toured the U.S. And this is a, a, a compilation of choice cuts from multiple sets across the U.S., in that period of time and this was released in may 1982 so uh a year later but this originally we're, we're catching them a year before they come out with the hex induction hour lp and we get a little taste of what's to come for the fall and this is a really cool i don't know it's a smorgasbord of live recordings of different qualities and shapes but this does feature what i consider to be one of the best lineups or the classic lineup maybe well i don't know what do you say <laughs> because we got we get the only the only missing band member here is is paul's paul stanley so they don't have the double drums set up well, let's, let's just go through the the personnel first. We got Marky e. Smith, of course. We got Mark Riley and Craig Scanlon on guitars, and then we got Steve Hanley on the bass, of course, and we got Carl Burns on the drums. And at this point in time in the fall career, is um, is they're they're using the double drummers, so they got Carl Burns and Paul Hanley on drums, and. Paul Hanley was not on this tour because do you know do you do you happen to know why? I do not. Because he was uh because he was 17 years old and he could oh. not he could not get a US visa granted for to, his to work as a 17 year old. To, to work in the United States as a 17 year old and tour across the United States with the fall. So Paul is not there, but he's still an active member of the band and still considered uh, definitely a fall member, um, especially at this point. So they get, but it's basically, you know, it's basically the fall. Um, they just don't have the double drums, which eventually America does get to experience, I believe. So this is, you know, I, 
in in my mind this is still you know some some of the choice like yeah the old school fall like this is the the mm -hmm. part not the original obviously but the og like this is what you think of when you think of the fall these yeah you know five guys six guys yeah exactly and the sound is is there and they're playing a lot of different <laughs> a lot of different cuts from the current era but also looking forward songs that are going to be showing up eventually on the hex induction hour one of their most well-regarded albums which we are very much looking forward to getting into yeah. um, in the upcoming weeks <laughs> so so this and this was like we said may of 1982 it was only two months after um hex induction hour was um out right um, so this was released about the same time right yeah two months later i think it was only in the u.s it was released so you know i guess catering to the crowd um yeah was we, there yeah which is interesting because you know you would think that actually the uk um fandom that they had would would, would actually be even more inclined to purchase something that was the fall in another land um and with and maybe i mean i would be interested to you know hear a band go to an, a new place and see what the response is uh, yeah especially a tour of this size right i mean they yeah, are definitely they are, you know two two songs in chicago two in new york one in san francisco two in houston mm -hmm. and then one in memphis i mean that's the entire united states pretty much like you're hitting right right most major besides la you're hitting every major market right yes <laughs> and it does seem like they're playing at venues that are the the top venues for where the fall would be <laughs> want wanted you know sure. um yeah small you know mid-size mid-size venues that play good music like mm -hmm. right that are open to this this um you know the outsider rock and roll that's going to be coming into town and it sounds like um when we get into these tracks it sounds like the crowds are you know fiending for it like they are really getting into it it's 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 not like the totals turns uh, LP where you have an audience that is not not directly combative, but more or less there for the experience and less for the music. And I, I wonder if that's more a, you know, like an American thing. Are we cheering through hmm. the songs more where maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but in, hmm. for the British yeah. like sitting there and like paying attention and listening like i don't think a totals turn obviously because it didn't the seem men's like, clubs the men's yeah. clubs right like it didn't seem like that was his crowd that was coming dragging their asses out there to see him but yeah yeah I mean, maybe that maybe it was and they they stood there to listen and then they they cut out the cheering i don't know but yeah this is uh <laughs> i feel um, like at the i feel like at the men's clubs that there were more pressing concerns in the in the in the audiences in minds and lives right that you know um you know maybe maybe not but this is a paying audience yeah. <laughs> this, in the united states and this is an audience that has been um more or less listening if they could find the fall albums or maybe they haven't even heard any fall music um 
I'm just making assumptions, but maybe they just see the name The Fall and said, oh, I've definitely read that in rock and roll um, uh, periodical that I can get my hands on. And I've seen sure. a write-up or a review about this album. And um, it's something where, you know, I'm going to mark my calendar. I'm going to make sure I go out and, and check this out. See what the commotion is about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and people just that like music, right? Like mm -hmm. these are spots for, you know, creative folk and things like that. It's it, they're, they're fun spaces to go and see a show. So, yeah, absolutely. And then um, I do I am curious and I might I might have to look it up here in a second, um, like what the lineup was with the fall. How do you put a bill together that is headlined by the fall? you know how do you build up <laughs> ideally as a concert promoter as a concert show promoter putting together the bill the lineup you have to consider you, you know you always are going to probably throw in a local act you want to that is going to be within the realm of the you know the headliners style of music or something that is the same energy that might not be the same type of music so how do you think about that and if you are knowledgeable about the fall at all you have to know that your crowd is going to be wanting to be satisfied right off the bat right they might even be a little bit um maybe like the men's club be a little combative to to get to the fall earlier, right? To get the get those bands off stage. You know, Chicago is pretty, you and I both know Chicago is very much a music open-minded music town. So I don't think the crowd is going to be um unless it's a punk rock venue. And this this Tuts Chicago did not seem like that. You and I have never been there, but this is a venue that apparently was uh, very well regarded, you know, it, it had a very diverse, eclectic uh, billing week to week where they had anyone from, um, what are they, Bruce Springsteen, yeah, um, I mean, they, early well, era. <laughs> Muddy, Muddy Waters. Muddy I mean, Waters, like, yeah. The Stones. Tuts was only around for five years, I think. So it was a short, um, I think, 79 to 84 right so yeah it was short-lived um, and it was located right next to um the vic theater which yeah. is a bigger venue it was not um, it was not open at the time um oh i didn't know that it wasn't open at the time so this no. was actually taking precedent and taking up probably a lot of those acts that would be playing at the vic it, and it um, was a, a different a different name before it was uh tuts um before oh. it was it was also a venue um, oh i do recall that too but tuts was a diverse venue that had diverse acts and diverse music and um it seems like a perfect place for this band to go to first <laughs> at, at least actually actually the album starts out with um a couple recordings from the chicago venue right and chicago performance but it sounds like this yeah. is actually the last performance on their tour, right? Yeah, they definitely went to New York first. And then, yeah, then they moved basically west. Um, hmm. They played a show in Massachusetts, New Jer a couple in New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania. Where is this? Uh, yeah, hmm. Phil in Philadelphia. Washington. So they made... 
the Washington D.C. and then came, and then came back to the Midwest. No, it looks like they went south. Yeah, Atlanta, Memphis, New Orleans, Houston. So I think Chicago might have been last. Austin. Yeah, because I believe at the Dallas. introduction, I think the MC states that this is the final stop on the tour. Oh, so they're yeah. like they're like lucky to get them when they're all you know all warmed up. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah they they did play two lathered. Three, three, four. It's like four shows in Los Angeles that don't make it on. Mark's one of Mark's least favorite places in the U.S. It's good to lead off with this because I don't know if it's well-known fact or or under. I haven't been able to find that much about it, which I'm very intrigued by. Is Mark lived in Chicago for a short period of time, which I need more information about this because there there's only little bits here and there about things that are directly said by Mark, where he talks about I lived in Chicago and I live down the street from Muddy Waters, and he was like the sheriff of the neighborhood and. Um, this is it's it's an I guess it's an unhighlighted part of Mark's experience. Everyone knows he's he lived he loved Edinburgh, he loved Scotland, he lived in Scotland for a period of time writing too. But this is maybe this is the the stop that said to, for him after he went to Los Angeles for four shows where he was like, Oh, actually, after being in Los Angeles, Chicago actually is more my uh my style it's more my vibe i guess the i guess the the last thing before we jump into it too is the album is actually labeled uh the a side is labeled the north side and the b side is labeled the south side which is very um chicago and and i was trying to see oh maybe he's talking about the north um part of the tour and then the south part of the tour but it doesn't really work out that way because the B side has uh, San Francisco, Houston, and Memphis. So Houston, Memphis, that fits, I guess. But San Francisco, definitely not the south side of, of the U.S. Any, no. anything, anything really, <laughs> not even California. Um, so yeah. yeah, this is. Let's, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's play. Um, yeah, so the first one is in takes place in Chicago at Tuts, uh, the NWRA, and it is a it is a doozy, 11 minute and I think five or six seconds long. Um, it's it's really enjoyable. You can kind of place yourself in the venue uh, if you put on some headphones and and listen to Mark. It, it, he's having a good time for sure. And then uh, and then get into the north side of the live um, album from 19. 19- Recorded in 1981, released in 1982, called A Part of America Therein by the Fall. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fall! So I know you were curious what the bill looked like. I have found it. Okay. It was, uh, this is presented by Wizard and the Coolest Retard. 
from England, the fall with Da and Naked Raygun at Tuts. Thursday, oh, Naked Raygun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. D A Da and Naked Raygun at Tuts on Thursday, July 16th. Awesome. So okay. Naked Ray, Naked Raygun, a Chicago staple, a Chicago, I don't know, classic punk band. So I think that's a great billing in general, as you'd expect from Chicago. Very thoughtful. We don't have any uh, skin in the game. We're very, every city is just <laughs> as equal as the next. Yeah, actually, let's take the bias out of this and let's just be very fair here. But I guess I will say, <laughs> as you move through this track listing, um, you really get the, the most quality of recordings in these first two songs that are in Chicago. So whoever did the recording, or maybe it was just the venue and the sound of the venue, the North Will Rise Again and Hip Priest are just killer recordings of the fall at this point and sounding so good. And also the two longest tracks I believe, besides the closing track, after we get into this, the track listing further, there's a lot of sketchy uh, recordings where they're not recorded from the venue's board, which it sounds like this one is. And it's like almost like sounds like it's mixed a little bit. If not, they did a perfect mixing of, uh, of it on stage. Um, but the fall, here's the fall starting off the, the, this album with the North will rise again on the North side of the album. And you get the kazoos, you get your kazoo solo right off the bat. Blasting it, blasting away at it. Yeah. I don't hmm. assume that they let off with the North will rise again. Um, yeah, no, they did. So the North will did. rise again is oh, number good. one on the, on the set list. Uh, Hit Priest is number five. Oh, that's awesome. I love to know that. I mean they finished it. Yeah. They they finished <laughs> they finished strong with uh, no Christmas for John Keys. They love to close with that. I I yeah. don't I don't I don't really fully understand the closing with that. I think they just riff on it for a while. I think they yeah, just like just kind of playing on. around. Yeah. Yeah. The bill for this is uh white. White paper, black ink, and it uh, has a big spider web with a butterfly caught into it. A little bit of grass. Dang, that's cool. Maybe we can post that. That sounds that sounds sweet. So we're not getting the double drum setup, which is it was made popular as far as I'm concerned, and maybe Mark's concerned too by the band Can is the double drum setup, and that kind of setup with this type of band has gone on and shown itself in many, many other bands and other um, modern bands. Like, and we can think about currently the OCs, which are, um, I wouldn't say fall inspired, even though I, I do believe John Dwyer is definitely a fall head, like, like all of us. Um, that has to be, you know, a consideration when you're such a good live band to, you know, how do you up it a little bit more? Second drummer. Second drummer. 
we already got two guitarists why not a second drummer yeah i mean the two guitarists is essential for the fall like we've been we've discussed in the past and they get away from it at points in the career but the double drums is something that is just really it doesn't sound like it would be a dynamic but it is <laughs> but you know i mean paul's back home he you know he's working at the shop or whatever uh, oh, he's going to just going to high school waiting for the <laughs> waiting for his waiting for his mates to come back um he wants to be a part of it and as we know carl burns and paul hanley are definitely not the same type of drummer so that's i think that's also the key if you're gonna have a double drum band you gotta make sure your drummers are not of the same ilk they have to be different mindset and then find the mesh between them I was what gonna is, say that is the biggest part, right? Is that mesh? Can they play? Mm -hmm. Can they play off each other? Can they do different things and make different sounds, but be in complete yes. unison, right? Like, okay, mm -hmm. here we are. How can they complement one another? I'm also curious how old Carl Burns was at this point, because you know you're a drummer, and it's also seemed like Carl was a lifer as far as. A, a a musician and then you're and then you're in a band that is on the up you know it's on the upward trend it's going towards its its uh peak you know as far as recognition is concerned and he's drumming next to a 17 year old you know he couldn't have been too much older but he's definitely not 17 he's definitely in his 20s and you're you're drumming next to a 17 year old and you got to be like huh you know it works though it works sure somebody this is somebody's <laughs> little brother i guess yeah okay yeah yeah it's it's and then you look over and you're like oh it's that guy's little brother yeah it's the guy <laughs> playing the bass <laughs> i know yeah. him yeah actually they're good yeah they're good boys they're good boys. Yeah, the North will rise again. Uh, I, awesome. I'm so glad to know that this is actual leadoff track in the set list. And then at the end, we get uh, a little Mark. And that's uh, this is the key, too. If you get Mark banter, that's just like off-the-cuff banter in a live recording, that's the type of recording that is a real document of the fall that is going to be you know because there's so many you want to hear the the mark little euphemisms and also the banter with the crowd where it makes you re-listen to it and be like oh okay it's this one <laughs> it's this one or it, it puts you in the place in the in the setting yeah right i mean that's the fun of a live performance right like i i don't expect a perfect clean recording right like right, right. i want some shouting and i want some off the cuff banter i want a little bit of mix up on the lyrics or you yeah. know pl play into another song and you know some something that's unique right that's yes. uh that's that's why it's cool yeah if you want a studio album listen to a studio album like you can't really bitch and moan when you're listening to a live one like this recording stinks and you're like i mean i guess you just don't put it out there but it's still worthwhile yeah and that's why you got to give them credit they're just like 
this is good well they made this compilation of their tour which had to be you know fun too to to listen to the recordings and say that's the one because they played so many shows but and i'm sure that most like every venue is obviously set up to either record something or not right like you can't always do it in every place yes at this point and and you're and we're going to experience it in this in this album because um it does it really depends on the venue as far as how well you get <laughs> get the vibe of the of the ambience of the room from the recording um and then at the end of this first lead off track uh mark informs us that the keyboards are fucked up and and I th- I who would have that- thought right so the keyboards are broke down so uh you're getting something unique anybody who wants a uh, 50 cents refund uh, send an email letter all right so we get uh so the north is back where are you going to go from there you're at touch chicago you're going to give them a little taste of what's to come in the next year from the fall and let let's just get into it and let's let the crowd uh react to this one hit priest So this is middle of the set, you're saying? Yes. So this set... Um, How many songs total in this set in Chicago? Uh, they yeah. played For- Fortress, Totally Wired, Jawbone and Air Rifle, then of Hit course. Huh. I'm surprised that Jawbone and Air Rifle does not make a appearance on this uh, live album yeah because it did seem like a, a favorite of the band obviously but maybe there was a not not the best uh recording of that one but the hip priest is a great middle of the set song especially if it's a, a new song that the audience has never heard before because it's this is a chill out this is you've you've gotten so much energy throughout the first part of the set this is you need to have a little cool down before you ratchet it up again. Yeah, 12, 12 song set. It's a nice yeah. show. Play for an hour. Come on. 
I'm always happy. I'm always happy too. I'm always happy with an hour set. Yeah, you don't need mu- you don't need much more or less. If you're even if you're around, you know, if you're around an hour, I'm not going to be mad. I was going to say then, an hour, an hour of music, and I'll you know, 10, and then an, and then 10, you don't have to come back. Of, yeah, you got 10, 20 minutes of chatter in there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ch- I'll, I'll, prefer, I'll take chatter, but tuning. Get no out tuning. of here! No tuning. Well, the, no tuning. No tuning is the most tuning. overrated, especially for the fall. Get that. Get. I don't think. I think the fall were they're on. They're on the same page as me when it comes to tuning. Tuning yeah. is overrated. You just have like what? No one cares. Or, you have six or seven guitars. You switch between songs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> and then you got your. <laughs> uh, Maybe Never the fall just trades instruments like the two drummers switch drums, so they're just like, oh, this is slightly better or slightly. Oh wait, worse. They, there's good. there's two, I didn't realize there was two drum sets. I thought there was just two drummers. Mm-hmm. They each, oh, they each have their own set. Oh, yeah, wow. it's it's yeah. two it's double drummer. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. This is this is <laughs> no. shotgun. It's shotgun style. Oh man, double yeah. barrel. That's a. I think that's the first time you missed missed out on the sarcasm there. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's just like a, the idea of, um, of two of, dudes, of, two of dudes. Paul standing behind Carl, just waiting to, for the next song, and they just tag out. Oh no, no, they're playing it at the same time. They're just sitting on opposite <laughs> sides of it. Oh, I want them to be sitting on the same side too. Yeah, well, maybe Paul's right behind him, just reaching over, reaching around him, just trying to get a little action. Or maybe just one of them is straddling the other on the same drum stool, drum throne. Sure. Mm-hmm. The, the, the arms are going, it's like an octopus of arms, you know, just sm- you know, just rolling around there. Now that would be something to see, actually. That would be, maybe maybe the OCs will get into that. Get on that. <laughs> the variation. Because I've never seen that. That's That would be taking it to a new, a new, a to- whole new style. Make sure you give Mark a... a- stick to bang around a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah make 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 the audio make the engineer really pissed off mark just walking around you know he's gonna go change the dials on the amps might as well give him a a, a mallet and just smash some cymbals um yeah or maybe just like something <laughs> soft right and they just like yeah. a little uh yeah something just... softer a little brush yeah, exactly. A little, little tin brush. A uh, pa- painter's brush. <laughs> Maybe just a uh, ribbon on a stick. Yeah, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, I mean, we're uh, as unbiased as we are. I got to say, those are good recordings of the fall in America in 1981. <laughs> um and and then we go into uh another choice cut of the fall i don't know why it's totally different and it's totally wired Totally wired, 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 totally wired
So this one, Mark's vocals are fucking sounding good. But if you listen to this with headphones on, Mark is slightly in your upper right cortex <laughs> of your eardrum and in your brain. And I like this. I like this kind of offness. And, and the backing vocals are popping in also very clear. The only thing that's not mixed in ideally for me, and this is just preference, is the drums. The drums are a little bit pushed back, but the bass is sounding fucking great. Fucking Steve killing it. And the backing vocals, this is what I want to hear. As far as versions of this song, this is one of my favorite versions of Totally Wired. Yeah, I mean, they seem dialed in. They're having a good time. Um, totally like said, tight. You can understand and, you know, hear Mark clearly, which is great. And it does have kind of a New York, I don't know what it is about this recording of it. I think it's a little bit faster. It feels yeah, a little bit faster. Just... It does, which makes sense because this is Mark's favorite town to presumably score drugs. <laughs> There's a good story about how they would be, and I don't know if it was this tour, it might have been this tour, but there's a good story about how they would be in New York City, and Mark found this hotel he really liked that he would always stay at, and he was like, this is definitely my place, like, this is, I'm always going to stay here, and and so they would go play, after they play New York, they would go play, you know, which, where you would assume, Philadelphia, Boston, you know, like, all these surrounding next big cities, but they would go and play these big cities and Mark would tell the um, their tour manager or driver, actually, I think it was just the driver, to drive them back to New York City every night from Boston, Philadelphia, all these surrounding areas. And he, because he wanted to go back and stay in the same hotel because he liked that hotel and he also could score drugs in New York City super easy. <laughs> so this driver was like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, by, by the time I drive back to the city and actually get into the city, like through all the, you know, yeah. all the traffic, he's like, it's, we might as well just like sleep here. And he's like, no, no, we're going back. <laughs> we're going back now. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, on this, on this tour, he played New York. Then he played Hoboken, New Jersey. Then he went back to New York. Yeah, yeah. Then they canceled the show. They canceled the show that was supposed to be in Toronto. Why was he going to go all the way to fucking Toronto? I don't blame him for driving back from uh, New Jersey. Like you, then, you know. New, then New York again. Then Boston. Then New Jersey. Then New York again. Then New York. Philly. Finally Philly. I mean, you might as well just... You might as well just... Just play all New York, a residency in New York, right? Everyone from Hoboken. I mean, that's that's, ba that's basically what they did. I mean, that's a, yeah. ton, of, that's a ton of shows. And that's New, York's right, a, New York's a big city. There's a lot of people that need to see you. That's why you don't hear uh, any of Mark's, too many of Mark's screeches, really. You know, he's got to save, save the vocal cords. No, that's true. That's true. No, he is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He is just delivering these. With a with a professionalism uh, as he always had, uh, for most of for most of the career had professionalism. If it's a live show, he's gonna give it to him. We're we're going into live dream of Casino Soul, and this one also. I take this one maybe over album version. Yeah, I mean they they picked a lot of songs that have that. Uh, they don't play it, but they have that Chaco stock bop to them. You know, like 
they they're they're cruising through them even the long ones you're you know you're sitting there like ready for the next note yeah like like live dream of a casino soul is a song you could literally place anywhere in the set list and you would be completely fine even if you put it at the end and you know my preference if i got to choose between uh no christmas for john keys and live dream of casino soul i think i'm going to lean on that casino soul experience there's a little bit more dynamics to it too but also it's a shorter song so you don't want really want to you don't want to finish with it especially if you're the fall no yeah i mean yeah they got it going really well. The bass and the drums playing off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they got this uh, keyboard fixed. <laughs> well, that was the last. That was the last night. They didn't care. As we end the, the first side, the north side, as on our, on our journey southward, let's take a look at this album artwork here. What do you think of the falls, a part of America there in 1981 album artwork? I mean, I appreciate the text. The photo is a bit lacking, you know? Uh, um, yeah. Standard standard band photo. I mean. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even try to Photoshop in uh, Paul Hanley. Yeah, just, cut and paste. Right? Or if they just had a framed photo like on the on the cement, you know. Oh yeah, maybe they in memory. Did they not travel with a cardboard cutout of him? That seems like a 1981 it'd be easy to procure one of those. Yeah, (laughs) just print print and paste. Just send it to your Kinkos. Just go to send it to your local staples. They'll have it ready to pick up. Oh man, but yeah, yeah, this photo is lacking it. The color, I mean, the background is just a white background. The scratchy, the scratchy font is, is you it's know. It's not bad. It, I like it's it. Not bad. I mean, it's, it's a good font. It's, fine. it's not bad. At least it's not. Some black. interest, I was going to say. Black yeah, they black. use some color. But they're in America, and they got this photo next to a nondescript building. That's the biggest thing for me. They look cool. They look, they're well, standing around. It looks like they're trying to look cool, though. It, yeah. It's like it's totally yeah. posed. It's like, all right, everybody. Yeah, a couple of them look like they're, like, they need need to go to the bathroom or something. They, <laughs> they're waiting for the bus. Um, but this building behind them, it looks like they're in an alleyway, and it looks like they're in an alleyway behind a corporate uh, yeah, office say, building. A U.S. government building, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. No windows, for just sure. Straight concrete all the way up. Definitely. Maybe clean, that's clean why lines. they need to leave. They, yeah, this is their they need to leave the capital. Leave the capital. Their visas are getting revoked. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting for their visas. Oh yeah. Oh man. I mean, that could be an airport too. Like the outside of an airport, they just took that picture on the way out. Oh shit! We forgot to take any photos yeah. for the album. Just yeah. stand over here. Yeah, guys, stand over here. Like stand over here. Wait, there's a dumpster over there behind you. So move over here. Is it better? And then they're just asking the photographer, "Is it better over here?" Uh, yeah, it's great. It's no, great. The, the light. The light is. <laughs> you guys is are gonna about- fucking love this. Yeah, I mean, no, this is not working out. I mean. Yeah. 
Carl's looking cool. Mark Riley is actually looking the coolest with his whatever those acid wash jeans are. Not really sure. He's the only one with the light colored jeans. So, um, arms crossed, looking looking over a mess. Yeah. Everyone else is looking at the camera. Oh, Carl's not. Carl's not. Well, I mean, overall, I I don't. I think they could have done better. Uh, yeah but you know american audience they didn't know what we wanted american audience they might be like just give them that shit they'll buy it just put it out there five dollars only again five dollars only come on come on why did they put the slates okay if you go to look at some of this um album artwork and which you should while we look at it would is ideal they put um, the slates kind of ribbon on the corner on there again for this one. Like they reused it. Oh man, they reused the slates. Oh man, it does have. Does it have any of those songs on here? I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> Why is that on there? Is that just an alternate thing? Oh man, it's just another advertisement for their album. I guess that makes sense. It's just, it's it's the same record cycle as the Slates EP, so it does make sense. They're trying to sell it. If you like this live version, you're gonna like the Slates, which I I think I think that's right. I think that's accurate. All right, so we finished up uh, A side. Let's let's jump into the South Side, San Francisco. When I think of the South Side, I'm going straight San Fran. And we're going to be listening to Cash and Carry. I think this is off the what's the song cnc uh yeah cnc schmuckle fuck <laughs> cnc schmuckle fuck yep i can see how the keyboard may have been damaged listening to this song <laughs> it opens up with a fantastic keyboard solo just sliding through those scales <laughs> It doesn't say in the credits who's playing the keys. I want to assume it's Mark Riley because he has played it on some of the Peel sessions. I like this style. It's just a flourish that's it's floating around. It's a sprinkling of of synth. Oh, they they're uh, going back to your north side, south side. They have drawn a diagonal line across the United States. If you uh they dissected the middle. Yep. Chicago, New York, San Fran, Memphis, Houston is their delineation. Huh. <clears throat> on the back of the album. On the back of the cover. Yeah. Oh okay. big big red line that goes through it. Way better than the front, that's for sure. Oh, I like that. Here you here you go. Yeah, I mean, even the <clears throat> I don't I don't know the term for it, even the 
the paper on the center of the LP is pretty cool with the yes. scratch with the scratch font. Yeah. Blue versus red. Yeah, I like this a lot more. And also, I don't know who this is a photo of on the back cover, but that does look a lot like Graceland. That looks like Elvis's <laughs> house. Uh it is, only, right, it is right next to Memphis. Makes I sense. mean, it is right next to Memphis. I, I was just there, so I, I have a very astute recall that this looks pretty much exactly the same. But who is this? Um, <laughs> the, is front this the front cover photo was in Philadelphia. Is this K on the on the photo? It might be. So the diagonal. <laughs> that diagonal delineates the north and the south. I like that. It's a little bit of a stretch, but that's good. Got to find out more. Got to find out more about Timothy Powell, the engineer in Chicago. He uh, he did a good job. He did do a good job. So Timothy Powell gets the only shout out in the credits. To yeah, special thanks to Wizard and Timothy Powell, engineer in Chicago. Huh. I agree. I unbiasedly agree with that. I mean, they picked them for the first two. You got to assume they were the happiest with those. Yes, for sure. Should have asked them to do a I little mean, mix job on the other ones. There's I no, I, I bet you they only had like a a, a two track recording of all these other shows. Yeah, like I'm it was sure. just going straight. Even this cash and carry in San Francisco, the crowd is. If you listen to the beginning and the end, the crowd fu is fucking into it. <laughs> they are loving this, but just the recording is not is not not the most quality. Yeah, it's just shallow, right? Like you're yeah. not getting, you're not getting any depth of sound. You're not like you're just like okay. No, yeah, it's it's a little bit blown out, which is usually not a problem. I don't really mind the blown out, oversaturated, but the bass is not even there. You know, I'm not hearing any of the bass. Maybe this is where Steve Hanley takes a bathroom break. So there is no bass. No, yeah, it is. It's very thin. It is great how Carl changed up that drum beat at the end, though. And then we get, we finally get that Mark scream. Yeah. yeah at the very got, end, around six minutes. So maybe he wasn't yeah. reserving himself as much as yeah. we thought. Yeah. Yeah. On to an older lover all the way down in Houston, Texas. Let's go down south. Get hot. He's chilling in the fog. Time to get I, sweaty. I do wonder what Mark made of being in Texas in general. Because... I'm, I can't assume he liked it. <laughs> if one of his favorite places is, well, who knows? But one, if one of his favorite places is Scotland, you know, and you're coming to Texas, it's like almost the polar opposite. And the people, well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's he might have found some things he liked. I was going to say, he spent a lot of time in the South. Brisket. I don't even. Did they even have brisket? I don't think it was that big that back in the eighties. 
No, they didn't. They didn't have meat. They didn't have meat products in Texas in no, the eighties. They, they didn't need. It was cows. too early for that. They didn't. Yeah. Need, they didn't need a cow in Texas until <laughs> no. recently. No. What was it? What was the staple of Texas back then? Corn. <laughs> it was yeah, all. Uh, it was all sides. Just beans. It was all sides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pickles. White bread. White bread. Pickles. Yeah. Raw onions. Raw onions. Yeah. Raw onions mac and some mac styro- and cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, coleslaw. A lot of coleslaw. <laughs> At least they had the protein in the beans, though. It was actually a vegetarian culture, Texas, uh, pre pre nineteen eighty. Uh, three. Once, yeah, I think once the once the cow was introduced in the nineties, it really took off. So, so what are these? What are these? What yeah. are these big animals? We don't what even have grass. We don't no. even have grass here. What are you? What are they going to eat? You know what? No, it would be cool if the if if some of these cows had big old horns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if we could get these cows to grow some real, I guess you would say, extra long horns. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? I could, I could, I could really get into some of that. Compared to the San Francisco recording, the Houston recordings I actually like a little bit more because, like you were saying, there is a depth, there's a further depth to this, and it sounds like a natural reverb, like or a natural room sound, doesn't it? Like you're in a, you're in the the venue space, maybe at the very back, maybe at the sound booth. I think this is a little more fitting. Yeah, it's got that it's got that haunting sound that you really want out of this song, which definitely. Is nice. And maybe it's just the juxtaposition from the last track, which had no bass, to this one that has extra low end. The low end is almost oversaturating the guitars, which is cool. Mark is, he's going with the take the younger lover sometimes a lot more. Was Kay on tour with them here? <laughs> I, I I almost think that might be Kay on the back cover. In that's, what, the I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's an easy assumption. Right? Yeah, yeah. You got to assume she was on tour with them, but yeah, I don't see her. I don't see her really mentioned anywhere. Houston is killing it. Just listen to that crowd go wild at the end of this. They faded out. They always do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and then let's jump into a preview of Hex Induction Hour track called Deer Park. Let's go. Fuck. 
So it's unfortunate with this one because this sounds like a great performance, but there's this phasing, a compression yeah. <laughs> issue issue with the recording where you're just like, oh man, it takes you totally out of it. It's just like the the whole track is getting squeezed and then just coming back. Oh, it's unfortunate. It's also kind of, you know, it, it doesn't really matter too because for fall fans that listen to this album they're gonna be like that song fucking rocks i hope that i can hear that for real sometime yeah this this show was recorded at uh the island in houston the island the island <clears throat> the fall plus the recipients the recipients i like that i'm not it's familiar a, with the re- recipients yeah i think they're a local houston band it says here it looks like it was almost a split set versus a headliner huh. and uh they huh. only played they only played six songs. The fall? Yeah. Oh. Maybe it was like an afternoon show. Yeah, I don't know if that or if it yeah. It, I don't know what the island is. It looks like a normal normal bill for the show. Yeah, it looks like it's a punk rock venue. Well, the recipient sounds punk rock. You can't get you can't be you can't be mad that you get to hear Deer Park though. I do love this track in general, especially just for Steve Hanley's bass riffage, the way that it sometimes goes upward and pops. It's a pretty hard song for them, like noisy, noisy song. Yeah, I also like to think um, about the American audience, just like us. <laughs> taking in the fall for maybe their first time and taking it in and being and looking you know me and you standing at the venue in houston or chicago and looking at each other after the song and saying to each other i have no fucking idea what he just was talking about at all oh yeah no yeah but but i did enjoy it thoroughly therein therein (laughs) I yeah I mean sometimes I like think back about like listening to Mark interviews and listening to some of these songs and like I was like I don't know what's going what he's saying and like I wonder if I'm just so attuned to it now or if it's he is more understandable (laughs) that's a good that's a good that's a good point in general because okay have you have you had this experience lately because I I definitely have where we've been listening to a lot of the fall, <laughs> obviously, but once, and we both listen to a lot of music, but once you listen to a lot of the fall and then transition to any other type of music, what has your experience been? I'm curious. I mean, I, I kind of miss the the droning, like, the tempo of it like it's all very even when they're slower <laughs> fast i feel like it's always kind of the same tempo with the lyrics built in and like that droningness kind of you, you kind of i'm like oh i'm not annoying. you like the hypnotic you you miss the hypnotic when you listen to uh or you transition back into yeah i think maybe so. a little or, bit closer to mainstream rock and roll 
indie yeah. rock, anything. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's anything and everything, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Go definitely. back to it, and like, I feel like I'm used to the the beat that they play off of, and then you hear other things, and you're like, okay. I mean, I'm with you. I the the thing I've experienced lately is if I'm listening to so, especially fall the fall live, and then I trans transition back into listening to new new music um or anything that i've heard before that i like anything in general i'm listening to this other music and i'm just thinking to myself that this is not dangerous at all <laughs> this is not this is not risky this is not risky music at all every t- you know it's it's a hard transition but you know it, after you get into it then you're like okay all right, I made my transition phase. It's go now. I can. I, I'm back to enjoying it, of course. But at first, it's very harsh. It's kind of like the opposite of going into the fall initially, where it's super harsh. It's the opposite going out, where it's just like everything else is harsh in the opposite way, where it's soft. It's so. It's so soft. It's so un. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's un, not on un, the edge. Un, unimaginative or not not even unimaginative, but like un risky. There's risky, no risk. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it, there's no is, danger, man. Yeah. Which is funny to say because like certainly the music we're listening to is most of the time risky in its own sense. It's not a yeah, it's artistic. Po- it's not the most popular genre in general. And yet yes. you're like, oh, yes. oh, these unique. Yeah, you know, you're these, right. unique band, <laughs> these unique bands with, you know, a couple thousand maybe followers on Spotify or any of these sites are like. Yeah, it's generally artistic, uh, a piece of artwork, right? That's made for the the person that made it is making it for themselves um, to impress themselves first and foremost, which is which is the key to success as far as making art, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, then especially it's repetitive it, it, art, right? Like yeah. you can't you can't become a repeat artist if you're not gonna be. I mean, you certainly can. You can become a commercialized artist, but like that's not really that much fun. No, it's probably fun for a little while, but it's probably not that fun in the long run when you're trying to chase the dragon <laughs> of success. Instead exactly. of chasing your own dragon, which is which is equally probably, you know, just as frustrating but also rewarding when you catch it yeah i was gonna say and i think at a certain point where you get told no right like no you can't put out that album like we gotta we gotta make platinum again here that that's not yes gonna, that's not gonna work yeah for us. yeah that's true those yeah record, those, you know mark's enemy the record label is just bossing you around yeah yeah, and that's why Mark didn't want to keep up with an album cycle at all. He wanted to fucking blow through it, explode an album cycle. He did not give one fuck about playing half of a or a full new album before it's even uh, on any sort of tape. Which is just like, yeah, the artist in him, right? Like once you yeah. have a pe- once you have a conceptualized piece of art, you kind of have to release it right like it doesn't hold that well if you take something and hide it away for a period of time it's mm-hmm. like it, when it's fresh it's it's interesting and sharp and yes people can enjoy it right like versus oh i'm gonna keep these in my back pocket and you know and da- yeah and, the, and going back to the danger right the danger of 
playing something live um, on, let's say, John Peel's show that's going to be, you know, it's going to be heard, not just like playing it at a venue like this album where there's going to be new tracks where you're just workshopping, but to play it on like a John Peel show where you know it's going to be heard by thousands, if not a million of people, a million people, sure. and just to do it and say, this is the form that it's in right now. And it might be the final form, but it also might be totally different the next time you hear it is the coolest thing. Yeah, with no no product testing, right? Like you don't know right. how people are going to be receptive of it or not, but... Right, you're doing it for yourself. That's why he's, he's trying say. to impress himself. And the band was trying to impress themselves or trying to impress, impress Mark him. and impress him, right? themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody in there was, was stoked to be a musician. So it's... Yeah. They're all artists, right? Like, yeah, they definitely are. And I mean, they all wrote these songs. Like, obviously, Mark was on the lyrics, but like, he did not have much, right, input on what right. the instruments sounded like. Besides, right. like, okay, this is their, you know, tempo and and feel, right? I think I think everyone that listens to this podcast by now probably understands that we give Mark a lot of credit, but we do. We know <laughs> the band definitely did not get as much credit as they deserve. Uh, every single member, um, they're bringing him all the riffs and melodies for the most part. And he's, you know, he's giving feedback, but it did seem like there was a band dynamic overall where critical, you know, the discussions were had. It wasn't a one-sided thing. There might be a dictatorship when it came to, what gigs they're going to play, how much they're going to get paid, where, when they're going to play, you know, all of the, the band running the management side, that was definitely a dictatorship, but the actually making of the song, the creation of the songs, the development of the songs, I feel like we're really in the band's hands, probably because they just played so often that they had so much feedback with each other where they could tell each other if they fucked up, they, you know, Sometimes it was true, sometimes it wasn't, but they could give each other that feedback, which probably made it made the songs change. How did you feel about winter in Memphis, Tennessee? Yeah, I I think that is a really cool slow burn track to end on, and I I I wish that would be the set list closer for them instead of No Christmas or John Keys because I I really like that it's just it it's brooding. It's brooding the whole way. If I heard that in a little small venue and that was the closing track at an hour of the fall plane, I would be super I would be super stoked <laughs> to walk out of the venue just humming that in my head. Walking down the street in the cold of winter or or fuck even in the sweltering hot of of summer in Chicago, I would just be Home in that little winter. Yeah, I was gonna say this bounce. was in this was in uh, June. Yeah. So that would be a nice cool off. Cool off yeah. in Memphis. You're sweating. You're, that venue is hot. You want to think about the winter. You got to assume that you walk out of a fall gig at this point in a, one of those venues, and it's probably even in the middle of June. It's probably feeling much much cooler than inside of a sweltering hot Memphis. The rock and roll club. So with that, and with that, the sound of uh, Mark finally relaxing for the day. Yeah, f relaxing after a long tour across 
America in 1981. What's going to wet your whistle as far as listening to this album? I mean, I think we've made our preference preference in Chicago known. Um, so yeah. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm feeling, you know, those are definitely the best recording sound-wise. Um, both of the songs. I mean, obviously they're always long ones. Um, it's a good 20 minutes. I can go back to that again and again and uh, you know, drive to mm -hmm. work, drive to work and 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 listen to that, which you can't always do with the fall. So it is a unique uh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, like those two, I'm like, ah, oh, like this is, I'm not getting that worked up. I'm feeling good. Like, you're not getting put on edge right when you're walking no, in. No, it's not, yeah. it's not too sharp. I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling okay listening to those two. Um, so yeah, I, I really like those. Yeah, I like uh, the uh, the whole. I gotta say the the the, the Chicago tracks obviously are our favorites. Um, recording wise and because they're just ex they're just sprawling jams and to lead off to lead off any album with 11 minutes and then with 11 minute song even a live album and then say guys <coughs> guys um now we're going to slow it down a bit i'm going to give you an eight minute song <laughs> as the second track and then the new york tracks on the side i'm going to i'm just going to say the whole north side being the chicago ones that we are it kind of it kind of hurts to say it but the whole north side is actually is actually great <laughs> i'm south side through and through but i'll pick i'll pick the north side of this i'll album. pick the north side on this album as well and so with that i'm gonna i'm just gonna say listen to it <laughs> <laughs> you guys go out there and listen to it there's a lot of fall live albums as as we all know but listen to this one or listen to this one again and all the yeah. way through and actually just appreciate that all the different recording qualities across this actually make it so fun <laughs> it actually makes it so fun because actually if you listen to just a couple tracks or if you listen to a whole album that is all recorded in the same place, same time, it kind of gets mundane because you know it. You get put in the space, and this one you're ju you're jumping around across America, and you're jumping around across different soundboards in different uh, sweaty, stanky ass clubs, and you're kind of getting a whole different dynamic each couple of songs, which is so fun. So I'm just yeah. gonna say fully endorsed. Uh, as a fall, yeah. fall, fall album. I want the Chicago years. I want the Marquis Smith, the Chicago years uh, biography. I would love that. I would buy that in one second. Let me know if anyone's out there that wants to write that with me. And Steve, we can just we can we can go to all the places. We can oh yeah, we'll meet you there if you know which, well, if you know where he lived. We'll go over. We'll go out. over there. We'll do one episode from his original location. Talk to the owners. We'll go up and knock on that door. Excuse me. Uh, do you know that you, do you guys have any idea that you are living in a former residence of Mr. Marky Smith? They would say, what the fuck are you talking? I was this. I was the 32nd member of the fall. I know I live, you still live here. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, was that... in the I was in the fall for six weeks in in 1994. Oh yeah, he left me this apartment. That's why I got the great uh, re uh, rent rate. Still, once again, we appreciate uh, you all 
going on the journey with us and join us on Patreon for our free membership and get some of the bonus episodes and the B sides of the episodes um, or join us as uh, an ex member of the fall membership where you get everything you could ever imagine as far as our bonus episodes and access to some fun stuff that we're doing. So until next time, we are the fall. We are the best. See you later, mate. Later, mate.